Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for the main event. It's the Shoe Shot. All right. It's your boy Dave from the 408 Shoe Shine. We got a very special guest. I'm here with my co-host from Philadelphia, Drew Evil, Philly Irish. Joining us, none other than NABF 126-pound champion, Adam Blue Nose Lopez, Glendale's finest. What's going on, Adam? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me on the show. So uh, we hear you're going to be fighting this Saturday night. Uh, It's going to be an action-packed card on ESPN. You're on the televised portion, and you're fighting a former world champion, Isaac Dogbo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a, I think it's a great fight on paper, you know. We both got two losses to two world champions. Um, we're both young. I'm 25. He's 26. It's a great matchup, you know. I think it's a great fight for boxing. Everyone should tune in for sure. Yeah, you mentioned it being a crossroads fight because you got two losses, and I happen to be. It had to have raised your stock, man. Now, some fighters think that losing that zero on your record brings your stock down, but in actuality, November 2019, I was sitting alongside your family at the cosmopolitan man and your family is charming as, as all can be man as, as they rallied and supported you when you fought one of the hottest champions 130 pounds oscar valdez you floored him <laughs> yep i did <laughs> talk to us about what was going on in your mind in that second round man when you put together that combination and uh not only did you surprise everyone in the audience but I, it looked like you had definitely surprised oscar valdez who was making his first appearance at 130 pounds and also just wanted to let the audience know you were a last minute replacement weren't you yeah I was on the undercard. Um, I was fighting this kid, Louis Correa, that I fought after I fought Valdez. I was on the undercard. I came in at 126. Valdez's opponent came in 11 pounds over the 130-pound limit, and they offered me the fight. I was the first kid they offered. They wanted to find a quick replacement, and they're like, all right, he's on the undercard. He's already been getting ready for the fight. Let's see if he'll step up, move up and wait, and jump up to the main event against Oscar. And I took it. I took it pretty quick. As soon as they offered it to me, I thought it was a great opportunity. The Valdez fight was always something I wanted. Um, for years when he was a featherweight champ you know I was like man I want I want Oscar you know I think I could beat him I see holes in his game I think he's kind of one-dimensional so I, I just took the fight I trusted my my skills you know I I just treated it like another guy in front of me I didn't really hype up the fight in my head I just said all right it's me against this guy my hands against your hands let's see who got him better yeah that was definitely the right strategy I didn't see any hesitation you didn't hesitate at all getting started early in that fight and you also didn't get started late in your fight against your only other loss which is this Stephen Fulton from Philadelphia, my man's champion from up here in Philadelphia. <laughs> Stephen Fulton now is uh, the hot buzz at 122, and you nearly floored him too uh, early on in your fight, right? Yeah, it was a very good fight. I fought him at 122. Um, he's a great, he's a great champion. You know, he's very, he, he stays focused in the whole, the whole fight, all 12 rounds. He'll stay focused. He sticks to his game plan. He's very disciplined. He's a great champ. You know, I knew he'd become champ eventually, and now he did it. And he's got big fights coming up. He got, he got some good things in the works for him. You you are now the NABF 126-pound titleist. Top rank has one of the most exciting guys, a guy who moved up from 122. I'm talking about 
Navarrete, what is your path to getting this title fight, to getting a major title? I mean, he's the one who got the belt right now, and he's signed with Top Rank, so he's the closest one that I can get to. Um, I think Top Rank wants to see how this fight pans out and how well I do with Dogbo, and I think they I think they want to work that fight in. Um, I've been hearing that Navarrete might uh, move up to 130 pounds. You know, there's big fights for him up there, and if he does, if he moves up to 130, then I think the division's wide open for me, and I feel like I should get that belt quick, you know, after this fight within a fight or two. So it's right there, you know. I, I think it, I think it's right in uh, in arm's reach. Going back to the Navarrete thing, if he doesn't step up and move up, I'm curious about up here in Northern California, our friend Ruben Villa had an opportunity, and if you saw that fight, and if you analyzed it and said, you know what, Ruben made these mistakes, I could capitalize, I could actually do much better than that. Do you feel that way if you did fight Navarrete? Yeah, I saw the Via fight. Um, I feel like he was a little a little shy with his punches. I think he should have let his hands go a little more. He got quick hands. That Navarrete doesn't like any body shots. He went to the body for a round and Navarrete kind of closed up and he didn't throw too many punches that round. So, you know, his, his midsection does look a little soft. So I think early on, you go straight for the body, try to break him down. Don't let him get a uh, reach for those long arms, those long, awkward shots. You got to step right to him and show him that you mean business and you're going to be there all night digging those body shots and you know you got to you got to do a little a little pressure fighting and a little bit of boxing and you got to stay disciplined on your defense at all times because he got some awkward shots to come from all types of angles so you just got to be ready for anything absolutely my co-host uh, and I Drew were just talking about you know we just saw Shakur Stevenson and he got he didn't get the best reviews on social media this weekend because of his low offensive output but you you just mentioned about your uh, prior opponent Louis Correa you guys threw 1400 Hundred punches. That's that's an all action fight. Is that something we're gonna see this weekend? Uh, you might see a little bit. You might see some fights break out. Um, the Korea fight. He surprised me, man. He came to fight. He was in my face all night, and I had no choice but to fight to to get him off me. And then once I got to boxing, I got to boxing. I slowed the pace down a little bit, and I was in my rhythm, and I ran him into some big shots. Um, but yeah, the Stevenson fight. Uh, I heard it was very boring. I only I didn't really get to catch it. I saw a few rounds. Didn't really seem like I missed anything. He seems just like a one punch at a time guy and he definitely needs to learn how to let his hands go and take some more risks um step up his competition definitely and yeah i don't know if, if he wants to make some statements in this boxing world he's gotta he's gotta show us something most definitely uh drew you had some questions for adam blue nose oh uh, yeah like the guy he's fighting dog boo saturday i saw him fighting neverette in the second fight because both his losses came to emmanuel neverette yeah. and the second fight ended in tko which i believe he was overmatched in you have like a eight uh eight inch height advantage on him with like a almost a seven inch reach advantage on him uh does your strategy change like you would normally fight somebody close to your height like will you fight him tall mostly or would you try to fight him small um i'm a box him same kind of like the same but i'm definitely gonna keep him outside um he's a Shorter guy, as you said, shorter arms. So he's got to get inside. He's got to throw big, wide shots. So I'm going to... You know, straight my jab all day. My jab, I think, is what's going to win the fight for me. Um, you know, I, I just got to control the distance, can keep him at my range. And uh, when I want to go inside, I go inside. I work my, I work, uh, I work some good body shots, and I get right back out to box. Um, but yeah, I mean, Navarrete kind of did that. He kept those long arms on him. He backed him up with some long shots, and he threw some awkward uppercuts and hooks and everything. Uh, I'm gonna just keep it, yes, yeah, basically like that. Just, just stick to my jab, run him into some big shots, and keep turning him. He's, he's kind of slow on his feet um yeah i mean that's that's the basic basic game plan we got for this fight it's a good one drew you got another question for him uh yeah the nickname blue nose how'd you get it uh my brother gave me that name when i was younger 
Um, when I was an amateur, he said I used to fight like a pit bull. So he just started calling me a little blue nose pit bull. And um, blue's always been my favorite color. And that my dad always used to have a on his shorts. It would it would say true blue. So blue, true blue, and then blue nose. I just kind of took it. I was like, all right, I like it. It kind of rings a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the name. Yeah, you mentioned your father, and I just wanted to, uh, for for viewers who aren't necessarily uh, keen to too much boxing history, your father is a silver was a silver medalist from Mexico that represents. Yeah. In Mexico in 1984 and went on to fight professionally uh, and had some amazing fights, like uh, amongst Costa Zoo being one of his opponents, your father Hector Lopez. Uh, his nickname rings true to me because his nickname was El Torero or El Torro. Yeah, El Torero. That was, that was it. The bullfighter, yeah. <laughs> the bullfighter. My my dad is uh, also born in Mexico. It was a professional bullfighter, man. Oh, but that's cool. His, his legacy. I got my friend. I think we just had our friend uh, David Duenas trying to join us. Hopefully he'll bring back. But your father's legacy. Uh, we have people like Costa Zu's son fighting now. How important is it for, for you to win a championship? Something that your father wanted to do so bad. Yeah, it's something he never accomplished. He fought for a title a few times. He fell short. A lot of people thought he won. Uh, um, but you know it's a business, and you gotta learn it, and you gotta you gotta get with it, and you gotta get the right people on your team. And that's definitely something that's that's the goal, man, to to get that world title, and for for my dad to to let his legacy live on, to let this Lopez legacy continue. Um, it means a lot. It means a lot to get a world title, and uh, I think it's coming very soon. Yeah, most definitely. And I hope that uh, I knew you. It's always exciting. You bring uh, a large crowd. It seems like you bring a large crowd. Vegas is back. Vegas is open. The last time I saw you fight was at the Cosmopolitan with a full audience so there's definitely going to be a lot of excitement uh amongst a real crowd i hope to see you victorious there uh, one last question i wanted to ask you adam uh my wife read a lot of into your bio and she really uh she she had a father who was incarcerated for many years and she wanted me to be open and up pu public about that but she's uh very proud of your story because she feels that sometimes people don't get second chances and her father definitely has a redemption story coming out of the california state prison system and making a life for himself mm. so uh I'm, we're rooting for you 100 percent. but do you have any advice for people in those shoes that may have gone through hard times like you did um you know it's kind of tough you you got um some like my father he was he he was always in and out when I was growing up, and then he served a very long sentence. Um, you know, it's it's tough. It's just tough to, to grow up in a, in a household with just your mother, and she's got to do everything, and your dad just, you know, you get phone calls and letters. It's just it's just kind of a struggle a little bit. Um, but you know that you got you got you got to rely on your family members, the ones who are there. You know, like I grew up with my brother, and he was always there with me. It was him and my me and my brother, no matter what. We always had each other's backs. Um, so I think you definitely need to have like a support system and um, just kind of have support for whatever family family members in in inside. You know, locked up. It's tough for them as well. But I mean, they they put themselves in there and they gotta pay their dues. They gotta serve their time. Um, I can't really say I got much advice. Just kind of hold on tight and be ready for anything. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, it's endearing to us and all uh, the people who uh, support you. You got fo uh, followers and supporters on this side. Uh, of course, uh, Leave It In The Ring family and the Shoeshine Man, we're behind you 100%. And I'm uh, looking forward to you on your championship path, at whether it's going to be at 126 pounds or 130 in the future, man. I'm sure we're going to enjoy this fight this weekend. Adam Blue, no Blue Nose Lopez, thank you for coming on the Shoeshine, brother. Of course, man. Thank you. Thank you. God bless and take care, buddy. You too. See you, guys. See you. All right, that was Adam Blue Nose Lopez. What's up? It's your boy Dave from the 408. We are officially live now. Drew Evo. Drew, what's up, man? 
What's up? Yeah, good. So uh, just let us know if we had any technical issues, if there's anybody out there right now listening to us. We do appreciate it. It's Monday night. It's the return of the shoe shine. Uh, quick shout out to David Duenas. Thank you for hooking that up. That was a real pleasure speaking with Adam Blue Nose Lopez. Drew, I, I remember vividly my experience uh, hanging out with um, amongst his family because I was sit- sitting right next to them as he took that fight that I was just talking about at the Cosmopolitan in 2019. And we know now, you know, hey, Oscar Valdez is the champ at 130 pounds. You had, um, thank you, Suntel Media. Thank you for being in the room right now. This weekend, we're, everyone's still talking about it on social media. Shakur Stevenson stinks up the joint, but Jamel Herring, the other 130-pound title is for top rank, was there. He mentioned on our friend who we had, Christine, uh, Olympic USA team boxing Christine, that he's willing to fight Shakur, that that he's that he wouldn't mind that if it, if it doesn't transpire between him and Oscar Valdez, and he showed up. But Drew, like, the entire world of combat sports turned the channel on Saturday night, bro, so let's start with that. Your thoughts on Shakur Stevenson throwing, let me just put this up. 114 punches landed of 304 and we just talked to we just talked to Adam Blue Nose Lopez who threw a total of uh, combined with his opponent 1400. Now that's what you want to see in a main event. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, that's something you would like to see, or at least some better boxing. Were you disappointed with the boxing or just the low output of Shakur? For, because for me, even like I'm watching it with my wife and she's like, this is boring. <laughs> All of a sudden we're like reading the timelines. What's going on on UFC? I'm disappointed in both. Like, tell you the truth, I don't even call that boxing. I just call that trying so hard or, or somebody that's afraid to get hit and everything. Like boxing is a sport where you're going to get hit and everything. It's, the thing is, is don't get his is the guy that gets hit the least is likely gonna win the fight but this dude he didn't he didn't want to take no risk he was in full control of the fight even knocked the dude down in round four and he still didn't like they didn't think that hey hey i'm I'm in full control of this fight and he can't get this right hand on me why can i i should just pick up the pick up the pace and get him out of there and get have an early night but this dude all he does is throw one punch and 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 is already ready to escape and like that's really not boxing like seriously that's not boxing at all that's just you know you want to get one punch off then you want to run away man like that's even worse than like Devin Haney or like what Floyd would do all right, well, I'm glad you brought up I'm glad you brought up Devin Haney because we just recently saw him. People have been complaining. We talked about him openly even Christine a couple weeks ago was like what we really needed to see from Devin Haney. He was pitching a shutout. He gets tagged by a former a veteran champion, hard-hitting Linares, and all of a sudden, you know, everything changed. And then it became exciting. Are we going to see Devin Haney get knocked out? But he took that risk at the very least, right? I feel yeah. like I feel like the criticism on social media, uh, the comparisons are unnecessary. Constantly looking to see who the next Floyd Mayweather is of the young top African American fighters. They're always looking to see who's going to replace Floyd. You know, and yes, Shakur Stevenson is insanely talented, insanely skilled, fantastic defensive fighter. They, they they've put his stats out. They might even be better than. Floyd Mayweather's early stats, but he doesn't have the charisma. He's horrible at talking shit, which sells fights. Uh, And he lacks a killer instinct. 
So how do you continue? Like, how do you continue to put him as a top ranked matchmaker at the top of your card? Like to me, Shakur should not consider himself Puerto Rican because he does not fight nowhere near like a Puerto Rican fighter. First of all, oh, <laughs> he like he will be like Puerto Ricans will be embarrassed to call him a, a Puerto Rican fighter. First off, and like set like it, it's continued. Like I almost I had to turn it off halfway through this fight because I almost fell asleep, and I could had to go back and watch highlights of it. That that's how bad this fight was. I never turned a fight off halfway through the fight. I wound up watching it, even if it wasn't a good fight. But this was unwatchable. I couldn't watch them all. I was going to fall asleep watching this fight. And I did not want to fall asleep. Yeah, so, let me say let me say what's up to G Funky Boxing. Of course, G Funky, part of HCP, his show on Wednesday nights, one of my favorites. Gonna be hard to put this kid on pay-per-view when you can't entertain the casual fans. So it was the October of 2019, right before that November trip that I was talking about. I saw uh, Shakur in Reno. I went up there to see our boy Andy Vences from San Jose. Uh, he was on the undercard and our friend Francisco Esparza, who was on the round table with G Funky. Great kid. He was there at the Virgin this weekend as well. We all went to go see him. Xander Zayas was making his professional debut. You're talking about Puerto Rican fighters. Um, and Shakur Stevenson's the headliner, and he fought for that uh, championship at 126 pounds. It was like a vacated belt. Remember, it was a vacated belt, I believe. And half the crowd in the fan, the stands just got up and left. And I was telling you, but my, the audience doesn't know this. They didn't like leave to get in their car. Like we're in the casino in Reno. They didn't like get up to leave to be like, I'm going home. They got up to go hang out in the lobby amongst other boxing fans and industry people. They just blew off Shakur's fight and went to go like socialize, man. That's that's the first time I saw a real um, trouble with his career path was when I saw it with my own eyes that fans were disinterested and he was pitching a perfect shutout and it wasn't good enough. He wasn't entertaining the when crowd. You, it's even worse when you have your own manager telling you, and this guy, like Andre Ward is his manager, but he's a defensive happy fighter and a cautious fighter. And he was urging him, get this guy out of here, man. You you're on, you have this fight under control. Even Timothy Bally's telling him, this kid's got to start throwing punches. Yeah. He's got to start engaging, yeah. and they, they were getting bored of it, and and that's the problem. This kid, if Bob Elm saying, "Oh, Terrence Crawford is making me go broke promoting him," this kid's making him go broke promoting him. Yeah, I mean those comments against Bud Crawford, and, and Bud Crawford uh, puts on a much more sensational show when he headlines. Um, they've got a lot invested in him, as they do uh, with uh, someone who's a fan favorite already. Is uh, we're not talking about Andy Vincent just yet. I'm talking about. Xander Zayas, who was, like you said, you predicted he's probably going to be the only fight we're talking about, the only knockout. And Xander Zayas continues, great kid, someone we're all rooting for. He continues Yeah, he continues to push forward as prospect of the year. I was disappointed that he was not on the free televised portion. Like, not everyone has the ESPN Plus app. My mom's hollering at me, is that kid going to be on, you know, the free TV? You need to put him on the free TV. Um, and you, to me, you really need to reconsider whether or not Shakur Stevenson's even a headliner. And I want to get this off my chest because I don't understand Jamel Herring short-selling himself, even contemplating taking this boring-ass fight with Shakur Stevenson. You did something exceptional in taking on Carl Frampton, a multiple weight division champion, 
a guy who a lot of people thought was still a serious champion. You beat him. You retired him. And instead of pushing all you can for that Oscar Valdez unification fight, you're willing to settle for less and, and fight Shakur Stevenson, who's very dangerous. He's dangerous in the sense not only is he going to bore the crowd, but he might just outpoint you because he's that's talented. I don't want to see those kind of fights from Shakur Stevenson. I, I don't know, man. I think they need to like get him a sports psychologist or something because he lacks the killer instinct that's necessary in combat sports to rally a fan base behind you. And that being said, there's not much else to say about that top rank card this weekend other than Xander Zayas is on his quest to be prospect of the year. <laughs> so why keep talking about Shakur? Because uh, there was a lot of shenanigans, Drew. And it started off with the fact that I think in, for boxers, the highlight of my weekend was women's boxing. The fact that Clarissa Shields went to this thing called the PFL uh, and won her first professional MMA match and was trending heavily on Friday. Like everybody was excited about They're not excited about her pay-per-view specials in boxing, but Clarissa Shields MMA, all of a sudden all of Twitter was talking about that. Drew, what are your thoughts on that? It was her first fight. Everybody's getting hyped, but she was on the ground most of the night, and mm-hmm. she was struggling getting up. Yeah, and like that ground. Like tell you the truth, she fought a woman that was three and six. Right. Well, I mean, her, her like, first professional fight, but a brown belt in jujitsu, and most people with the jujitsu yeah. background, or if you did high school college wrestling, you know, it's probably not a good idea to put someone in there, uh, put a basically a rookie against someone with that much grappling experience, right? And and that's where it ended up on the floor so congratulations to her because she still rallied it out which she's known for you know she rallied out with her basic brute punching punching skills managed to knock this girl out that was impressive and then again another female world champion women's champion amanda serrano goes to mexico and uh wins in a standing guillotine in los mochis mexico so (laughs) this weekend was like oh man we've got like just this top rank card and we had so much celebrity YouTube boxing, dude. I couldn't keep up with it. I just have to get this off my chest. <coughs> Excuse me. True. Polly Malinaji. We've talked to Damon Fellman before. Damon Fellman, who, who's for a long time been doing celebrity boxing. Lamar Odom versus, um, I don't know, what was it? Backstreet Boys? Adam, Adam Carter? What's his name? Aaron Carter. Like, this fight sold out at Atlantic City. You're laughing, but it sold out no, no, at the casino. I had a name for this fight. I had a name for this fight, but I'm not going to say it on it because it's messed up. All right, well, don't. Let's keep it. But listen, congratulations to him as a promoter. Uh, we're past COVID right now. I mean, not everywhere, but. I mean, you know, we're post-COVID. And they do this celeb boxing thing. Uh, and Polly Malinaji finally returns to the mic. Like, I had no idea he's returning to the mic. And Friday night, people were blowing up my timeline that Polly Malinaji got assaulted. He got jumped. And I finally get the tape. Hold on. I got something for you. Polly Malinaji, a, a, a great commentator and um, a guy who held two two championships and two weight divisions. You want to see him come back to broadcasting with a reputable... That's my baby pottery. <laughs> Drew's kid in the prank. Joe Lopez, 40 ounce. Thanks for coming up. Lamar Odom versus Chavez Jr. You know, I was wondering, like, is Lamar going to call out somebody because he did knock someone out? Like, is Lamar Odom about to call out one of these uh, Jake Paul brothers or whatnot? Like, now he's got a case for it, right? He's professional or 1-0 in his exhibition matches as Drew's trying to fix his green screen. But uh, yeah, I mean, that fight sold out. I don't know. It, it, it might have done okay. Um, numbers, a lot of people showed up. They had iced tea and co- uh Coco at this thing. Oh, Drew, what, what's going on? We're not doing any pie bets. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I didn't like that, Paul. Like, so I don't know. Was it fake? Is it a stunt? Does Polly Malinaji de- de- uh, deserve to get slapped upside the head with baby powder or talcum powder or whatever it is over his comments and being uh, unfortunately being cancel uh, cancel cultured? But Polly did return to the mic. He took this assignment, and I really hope to see him in something like at this point. Trilla could use a good commentator, uh, let alone the zone. They could if they want to hire a commentator. Polly's ready to come back to the mic. They also had a former two-time heavyweight champion uh, from Philly, Tim Riverspoon, on the undercard. How did that pan out on that card? I didn't, I didn't get the result. I didn't even see it. I know, like, my boy is training under him. I was watching him. Uh, I was like, I was, yeah, I was watching his live on Facebook, and he said that, yeah, Tim Riverspoons is on the under, is on the undercard fighting. Right. Well, Atlantic so, City, t- Atlantic City took a huge hit as far as tourism over COVID, as did Las Vegas. So, hey, even if it's not, <laughs> if it's not one of these classic HBO fights in Atlantic City, at least they got some action back. They did sell out this little uh, casino. So good for them. Uh, YouTube versus TikTokers, another disaster. Uh, like I can't keep up, right? So is the real win? Here's my. Here's what I want to ask the chat. Did you see Trump boxing fans this weekend? Because it just seems like the Nick Diaz fight. Nick Diaz loses, shows up to smoke weed, and we could just have the crab daddy on for this. Nick Diaz shows up smoking weed and leaves smoking weed, loses the fight, and still gets all the trending action on social media this weekend. Another fantastic, and he almost, the Nick Diaz's defense, nearly knocked out that guy at the very end. I mean, he stumbled and rocked the guy. There was blood everywhere. Then you got a new champion from Tijuana. This, this kid named Brandon Moreno from Tijuana wins uh, the rematch and gets his first title as i as far as i know it's the first mexican ufc champion in their history you know um they stole the show the ufc stole the show and here we are with a super saturday ahead of us drew is boxing gonna redeem itself because where do we start this saturday i mean you call you call the fight whether it's trilla that's a fortune by the way drew do not illegally stream Trilla because they will sue you. Now, I think I'm going to watch the YouTube after it because I'll tell you the truth right now. I don't want to see. I don't. I, I, I'm really going to feel bad for Jim Lamptey's and see. I see how much of a drunk he is. What kind of drunk he is. What's he going to do when he smokes his first blunt and everything? It, it, I just don't want to see it live. I'm probably not going to be home to watch it. So screw it. At the end of the day, I'd rather probably just watch a top rank because I don't really expect that that. Trailer card to do much numbers because boy they got I, too I'm much sorry, competition. I, I, they have too much competition. I don't think people are gonna watch are gonna pay to see Teofimo fight Cambosis and everything. Like I think Trailer tries too hard to entertain the fans. Try to bring in too many cat. Like they try too hard with casual boxing fans, and it just really sometimes it bites them in the ass because. Now they're trying to charge thirty dollars a month. Yeah, it's uh, expensive. Well, that, that puts them way above the zone. Yeah, like why would we pay almost two hundred some dollars a year to watch something where we could pay a hundred dollars a year for the zone, or yeah. just pay twenty dollars a month and get semi good fights still? And yeah. some cards actually have excellent fights. So, well, you don't you don't have you don't really have a full roster of fighters yet until Oscar's contract ends with 
uh, his own, and he brings Golden Boy boxers to the Trillo if he chooses to. And tell you the truth, with the roster that he has, it's not really going to compete with anybody. Yeah, we just had so. Jay Funky in the room, and he was saying, yeah, Andy fights this weekend. Um, I was very excited about that. I did reach out to him and try to get to him um, before the fight, but at this point, uh, unless we talk to him in the middle of the week for a special interview, I'm excited for Andy. He also has two losses on his record, very closely contested, but he was almost on the verge of acquiring a Jamel Herring 130-pound title fight. He had to take two setbacks with some very close losses, but he made him, he got himself on that Trilla card on the undercard He'll be fighting an, a guy from Ireland, Drew. Um, and I've seen a little bit of that Irish guy. He's he's a tough cookie. Anytime you have a Mexican guy versus an Irish guy, it's going to be fireworks. It could be probably one of the better fights on the undercard for that Trilla card. Um, but we just talked about the competition. You're talking about the zone. Jaime Munhia gets a last-minute opponent. The zone's going to be putting on their fight, I think, in the middle of the day, um, which is kind of smart. They're going to avoid all that traffic late at night between ESPN and Showtime Boxing. But Zarameta is a guy that Triple G already, you know, beat up. So is this a challenge for Jaime Munhia? Or because Jaime Munhia still has so many flaws at a... Is it, is it going to be a decent fight? It's not going to be a decent fight. It's not going to last. It's not even going to last all oh, twelve rounds. It's probably going to go maybe seven or eight rounds, and he gets a stoppage. But it it's, it doesn't really show that Hyman Mujia improved enough. And I still view him as really a fighter with a lot of throws. And I think who if he fights like uh, Charlo or Demetrius Andre, I don't think or oh, Eubanks Jr. I think they all beat him. I don't think Mojia is really... I don't even think he's top five in, in the middleweight division. And I don't think he's going to win a belt unless all these guys leave the division. You know, uh, usually when a fighter is the champion at the weight class below, they can quickly get escalated up one of the sanctioning bodies and put into a position as like quickly a mandatory, like someone like Teofimo Lopez. They're, they're begging him to go up to 140 and would put him in position for a title shot against Josh Taylor. But Munhia hasn't gotten that opportunity at 160 yet. Um, we're still talking years later will he ever fight triple g can he get a fight like you said at the zone hey what about boo-boo andrade boo-boo andrade's looking for an opponent all the time you got boo-boo you got eubanks jr that you just mentioned he needs to get past zarameta and quite honestly i think he needs to knock him out like yes he's got a lot of flaws but he's always an exciting fighter to watch he always puts on a show he's very vulnerable in defense Uh, i don't know if it's even improved we're gonna find out on saturday but i think he really needs to knock this guy out um and i still wouldn't mind putting i'm saying this now i would not mind seeing a young moon versus this triple g of today as triple g is he's getting older by the minute and the guy needs to get back in the ring as soon as possible i don't know what he, he's probably waiting for a canelo cash out um but there's plenty of other people at the zone uh, speaking of the zone drew i don't know did you see eddie hearn's got this new fight camp because the schedule he put it out already he's like trying really hard fight camp yeah i heard of it i, I heard he has kind of been on it on the first one he does and connor ben is gonna he's banking on connor ben being his future welterweight star because i think he signed him like to some super exclusive contract and uh he, he'll be fighting this kid uh, adrian granados from pbc adrian granados uh was a formidable opponent you know adrian granados probably because he fought your boy danny garcia came up way short danny garcia knocked him out but at 140 pounds man adrian granados was a tough dude he um wiped out one of these fighters that everyone thought was going to be a future world champ Amir Mom, he when when he beat that guy the whole world opened for him all these 
doors open to him. But at 147 pounds, Adrian Granados, unfortunately, he doesn't look much better than the Canadian opponent. Uh, you know, he just recently fought that Connor Ben smoked out too in Vargas. Samuel Vargas. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's much of a. Now everyone's trying to sell you. Oh, this is a real step up. Is it a real step up at 147, or is it more the same? It's more the same. And like the problem is, Connor Ben tries to call stars out that are retired, like Devin Alexander, and not call out actual top 10 competition uh opposition in the welterweight division i'm not a, i'm not telling you the truth i'm not a fan of that i'm not a fan of it at all that you're going to call out retired people just to have a name on your resume if you want a big name on your resume go fight the top 10 fighters of the division stop trying to fight people that are retired long retired that no one's even talked about for years now because it, it's just ridiculous how young fighters try to call out you know, guys that are retired already. And Conor Ben, he had a habit of calling out Amir Khan. Amir Khan's washed up. Why, why fight, get and fight washed up Amir Khan for? It's, it's just a name on your resume. Everybody beat Amir Khan. Everybody knows that he's that he's easy to knock out. Like, I, that's why I, I can't really get behind Conor Ben because of that. And I really, like, hope that Eddie Hearn actually matches him up with a top 10 guy eventually. But I think, like you said, he's banking on this guy being his future ultimate star. He's going to protect him as much as possible. Right, right. And Adrian Granados is going to go across the pond. Uh, and hopefully he's going to bring his A game and at least test Conor Ben, who who does look special. He looks special. But we're going we're gonna to really see when he gets to the U.S., when he gets to the States and starts fighting guys like Danny Garcia, you know, the echelon of welterweight division. But true, Eddie Hearn doing this whole fight camp thing. Eddie Hearn's taking a lot of backlash for all the BS he put the boxing fanatics through with the whole, the fight's done. The fight is done. And I'm talking about Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, and Anthony Joshua. The fight wasn't done. And ESPN and Top, top Rank are putting on these really pretty damn good cards, man. We're talking about the return of Inoue, the monster. He's headlining this weekend. And then so on and so on week after week at the Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas that I was just there a couple weeks ago. So Tea Media, who's in the room, he was just there. That's a really nice small arena and it's just going to culminate with the super fight that has been marinating. I'm talking about that trilogy, the Gypsy King and Deontay Wilder. And meanwhile, Eddie Hearn is trying to fool you with, well, I got fight camp going on. I got fight camp at the zone and then I'm going to get you sick and Joshua, your thoughts on that? I, I'll be honest. First of all, I blame both Bob Elm and Eddie Hearn for this, for that fight collapsing because Eddie Hearn jumps the gun too much. Bob Elm didn't even want to attempt to give Deontay Wilder step aside money. He didn't want to no, he could promote a big fight like that because he knows he had to put a lot of money into it to promote it. And that, Bob Elm's a very cheap man now when it comes <laughs> to promoting. I'm saying it. I don't care. Well, they, he's, like, he tells you, frankly, he goes right out in the open and says Bud Crawford loses him money. You know, your biggest yeah, star... So potentially the the biggest welterweight uh between him and Spence it's it's still up in the air who i mean who's the welterweight yeah. champ well well Eddie Hearn also could have helped and put step and help with step aside money for Wilder if you really want this fight to happen too that's the thing Eddie Hearn you could have helped and put some money towards the step aside fee if you really wanted this undisputed fight to happen that's why you're being blamed for it too so and the other thing is when it comes to Usyk versus Joshua guys are saying guys are already saying that Joshua is going to destroy Usyk 
On the contrary, he's not going to destroy Usyk. Did did you know? Do you know why? Are you guys been wondering why Eddie? They were saying all the time, "Oh, we have options. We have options," and they didn't really have options. If it's if you didn't want to fight him, you're going to vacate a belt because that they didn't. That's the fight they didn't want. They didn't want to have Anthony Joshua fight Usyk because they know how much of a threat Usyk is. They know what could happen, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And my prediction right now, if this fight happens, Alexander Usyk. Will beat Anthony Joshua. He will outbox Anthony Joshua for twelve rounds. I I said this only by the end by last year. Like actually, I said this at the end of la- last year that I put that Usyk was going to at least have one of the heavyweight titles. My prediction is going to be right, but he's going to have three, actually four belts, because you know the the IBO belt. If it, it doesn't count as a legal centering body, but it does count as a federation title, so he's going to have four belts. Well, you and know he's what? He's going to be ready for <laughs> Drew Evil is never shy about making his predictions public, and this fight will probably take place in September, is what they're saying. But I mean, we've got this whole summer ahead of us. We've got the month of June. We've got July with Spence and Pac. And then the super trilogy fight. We're going to finally figure out if Deontay Wilder only lost by a fluke or if the Gypsy King owns him. We've got that fight. But let's get on to this weekend and just put out our predictions right now because, all right, it's going to start Saturday uh, afternoon. Munhia versus Zaramata. Munhia knocks him out inside eight rounds. Yo, I would like to see that. I'm going to go with Munhia by knockout. I got a a good feeling about that. Zaramata is like a last minute thing. So um, we'll see. Now, Showtime pay-per-view, we didn't even bring this up because people are kind of hating on Charlo. They think that Montiel from Mexico is a soft, easy opponent. Uh, Montiel does have some crack. And let's not forget that you can never count out fighters from Mexico because they do come to fight and they do come with reckless abandon at times. You know what I mean? And they pressure fighters in ways that are uncomfortable. But the question is, I don't really think Montiel has a a chance to win this fight against Charlo, but will he make it interesting at the very least? I don't think he has a chance, but I think he goes for a 12 rounds. I don't, I, I just don't see Charlo knocking him out or stopping him. I just really see this going 12 rounds, and I don't, I don't, I don't really think this is going to be an entertaining fight to watch. Yeah, a lot of people early, on earlier shows I was on criticized uh, this being a pick for Charlo. Um, of course, we want to see him against the top 160 pound fighters, and it's becoming increasingly harder because most of them are over at the zone. Um, but we do want to see him fight better opposition. Position, but let you know what? Let's see how this plays out for Montiel. He might make a name for himself uh, and find himself in some big fights if he even comes out as a moral with a moral victory. All right, so Drew, this card on ESPN it's free. I'm telling everybody about it. We had Adam Blue Nose Lopez. Um, I think him versus Isaac Dogbo, a guy who is a former, uh, I guess he had two championships at 122 pounds. Isaac Dogbo's he's also coming off losses, but these guys are going to throw a lot of punches. Michaela Mayer, who I was just met a couple weeks ago if you want to watch women's boxing one of the better ones emerging as a star she's gonna actually be the co-main and then of course you got that monster guy who at 118 pounds i'm just going i'm gonna put out my adam lopez wins and he puts himself in a very good position for a legitimate 126 pound title championship fight michaela mayer and erica farias no way erica farias maybe even finishes this match and of course anyway the monster's knocking this guy out I think anyway does need a knockout. I think it goes maybe ten. Um, Michaela Mayo, I think wins the decision. 
And Blue Nose, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I think he stops him, I'm going to say, in the seventh. Because he has he has a seven-inch uh, reach advantage, he has an eight-inch height advantage. Like he, like he said in the interview, he's going to attempt to, to keep him on the outside. But I, I really think this is going to be a slugfest. But I really think uh, Dubu is not going to last through the 12 rounds of the riffle. Yeah, and that's going to be on ESPN. It starts at 7 p.m. Pacific, of course, on the ESPN+. Plus. Um, I, I read there's some exciting prospects that are going to be on the undercard uh not on the televised portion but you might want to look out one of them is robert garcia's fighter the, uh, some kid he has that a lot of people are talking about so if you have a chance catch that on the espn plus app of course the expensive one that's not free is trilla with uh teofimo lopez versus the australian Cambosas. man Cambosas has been here for a really long time uh he's ludabella's fighter he has all this experience being a, a sparring partner against manny pacquiao do you under should you be underestimating because i've really have gone back and looked at his tape i know what he's been doing in the ring uh in camp which is exactly where xander zayas trains out of in sunrise florida i feel like people are underestimating Cambosos as just a guy who's going to get knocked out but he i mean there's invaluable experience being a sparring partner to manny pacquiao it has to be right. Yes, but his, like here's the thing. I saw Cambosius fight a couple of times. Cambosius can be actually does get hit when he hits. So if you're looking at a fight, I, I really think he's going to get hit. He's going to get countered, and I don't see him. I I I, I have two of him winning by knockout in in five in five. But I really think if Cambosius can make a fight out of it, can make this a dirty brawl out of it, and frustrate Teofima, we're in for a close fight. And it could be out of the way because that's Cambosius' game. He wants to make a fight out of it. And if Teofima comes in and he takes the best of Teofima and Teofima gets hit a lot, hey, we, we might have a fight here. And But that's the thing. The momentum can be is on Teofima's side, but this is really, this could be a trap fight for Teofima because he's in on charter territory. It's like, this is a pay-per-view fight. So if he's talking a lot of trash and like he should, but if he, I think he's really underestimating Cambosis. Uh, there's no doubt that Cambosos, if, if you've been listening to him all week and leading up, he doesn't, he's not lacking in the confidence department, man. He's brimming with confidence. He really like, um, I think they asked the wild card, uh, Freddie Roach, they said, this guy doesn't lack any confidence. I mean, that's one thing he's got going for himself is self-belief and he's going to need it against Teofimo. You're right about the deep exchanges. If if they get in into the heavy exchanges, it's probably going to benefit Teofimo Lopez's, you know, above average power above average power maybe that's not the fight he's going to want to engage in it might end early for him but it might not be a bad fight the only thing i my problem with the whole trilla thing is they've come after the consumer they've sued people for uh illegally streaming or watching the fight so you've got no choice but to pay for it or potentially get sued by this new media company and with all the other fights including free tv on espn or showtime if you got showtime or if you pay the 9.99 for the DAZN fight i think i'm just gonna like you i'm gonna read about it i'm gonna wait and see um we have a fighter from san jose andy vences that i'm invested in i'm I'm praying for him to come out victorious. But man, four different fights on Saturday night. I'm excited. I have no clue what I'll be drinking or what I'll be eating. But my whole my whole Saturday will be devoted to uh, that. And 
thank God my wife is into boxing, bro. For reals, for real. Thank God. But uh, on the Teofimo Lopez thing, I just wanted to bring it up before we wrap up this show and our final thoughts, Drew. It turned out that he this Trilla thing isn't going to be a long-term thing. So also, uh, there's been a lot of rumblings about Trilla's future. I guess they'll be banking on Oscar De La Hoya as being their star because... Teofimo Lopez re-upped his contract with Bob Arum. So it's kind of like he, uh, well, I'm going to go see what else I can get from somebody else, Daddy. And then Daddy says, well, okay, I'll give you a bigger allowance because he's coming back to top rank and he's going to be getting a much larger guaranteed minimum purse so he doesn't pull the stunt again. So much for saying we're never going back to top rank. <laughs> a lot of people have said that, but this uh, negotiation tactic seems to have worked uh, and we'll be seeing Teofimo again most likely by the end of the year we'll see him back in action at top rank on the top rank cards i don't know what that means for the future of trilla i mean there's like a whole budding movement of utah youtube versus tiktok fighters that are ready to go fight over there if that's what they're looking for i i just don't see a future for trilla at this point because you're gonna bank on golden boy you're gonna bank on virgil ortiz and ryan garcia to be to be your cash cows over over trilla when ryan garcia got hit went you know made a fake claim about mental health to get out of a fortuna fight you're gonna get heat if anybody's still listening to this podcast let's get right into our final thoughts man let's just do it because uh we started a little late all right last weekend for boxing was a major disappointment all right between the youtube the tiktok the celebrity boxing at the casinos in atlantic city and Shakur Stevenson throwing 304 punches over 12 rounds. The star at top rank, the ESPN. A lot of people just tuned out and went over and saw uh, Nick Diaz <laughs> putting on one of his classic performances. And uh, a new Mexican UFC champion. And uh, those were far more far more entertaining than anything boxing was doing. But we got a chance to redeem ourselves. And, uh, and now I'm... It, very invested on this top rank card because we talked to Adam Blue Nose Lopez, uh, who hopefully is going to come out victorious. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see if Teofimo Lopez is still going to be at the top of the lightweight division because lately, Drew, 135 pound division, all these cats that are supposed to be the future, future stars, Devin Haney and so on and so on, they're not looking too uh, interesting to me anymore, right? I'll let, you, at all. I'll let you take over, Drew. First of all, Lamar Odom, congratulations. <laughs> Chloe still ain't, doesn't care. She's still rolling around with French Montana somewhere. Number one, Alan Carter, I don't know where the hell you, who the hell you're with and everything, but don't worry, that, that thing you're looking for is probably back in your hometown. Make sure you have some bills ready for that. And wow, what can I say? I just dissed the shit out of two former celebrities. Well, let's say at the end of the day, I could really give a rat's ass about that. And at the end of the day, when it comes to Teofima, he's probably gonna get his knockout. What at the but Willie, you're going back to Papa Bob and you're gonna and you're gonna get that paycheck from top rank. So much for you saying we're never doing business with Top Rank again. So hopefully next time your fighter, Bob will get you a top fighter of the fight. I know you got to do it mandatory, but dude, when Lomachenko beats Nakatani, you're going to give that dude a rematch. 
and you're probably going to lose those belts back to Lomachenko. Oh. Because last time, you barely won that fight. Oh, man. And any, you can say 9-3, 11-1, but we all know it was 7-5 to your female. And we all saw problems <laughs> in the second half of that fight. So you're to your female fanboys out there. You're going to, you got some education tonight. Thank you very much. And if you still say 9-3, we all know you like being the fanboys. My goodness. At True Evo, you can let them know whether uh, you agree or disagree with him or just put it here in the comments. Of course, uh, your boy Lomachenko. Lomachenko's on that top rank summer series and he's got a hell of a test against Nakatani. We'll see how his shoulder healed because um, th there will be no rematch if his shoulder's bum uh, going from here on. But yeah, uh, Drew, um, between Polly Malinaji uh, getting powder all over his face and YouTubers and uh, Aaron Carter and his OnlyFans and uh, somebody telling me that uh, Adrian Broner is now uh, a porn star again. I hope next week. Well, I hope next week is a lot better than this, Drew. <laughs> All right, I'm Dave from you know the four. What? I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I'm gonna be one point, guys. If you're gonna hit contact me, I'm gonna tell you my reply. I'm gonna tell you this as my reply. Go to the end of this show, and you're gonna and you're gonna hear me as my reply saying, "Kiss my ass." All right, I'm Dave from the four ways. Drew Evil for uh, Leave It in the Ring Radio. You can check out our podcast on iTunes, Pandora, wherever you get your streaming services. A shout out to David Duenas. Uh, thank you for all the help. A shout out to Adam Blue Nose Lopez and everyone who participates in the chat, man. I do appreciate you. If you got a friend or a cousin or a tia or an uncle that loves boxing as much as us, go ahead and send them the link. Share it with them. Tell them to subscribe to the Shoe Shine, and we'll see you next Monday night. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.